Good morning. Welcome to the Day Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, president of Day Fox Design Build Remodelers right here in the Columbus area. And really appreciate all of you tuning in this morning on this February 24th, which is the very last day of the Home and Garden Show out at the fairgrounds. So hopefully you've had a chance to get out there and see all the stuff going on, uh, the shows and events and all the different booths and, and companies that you can talk to. If not, well, today's your last day for that. Uh, Last week, if you were tuning in, you got to hear me speak with Rick and Anastasia from Hamilton Parker. We had a great discussion on tile and grout and cleaning and maintenance and sealers and all that stuff. So if you happen to miss that show, you can always go to DaveFoxRadio.com, and there you can listen to that program. Or, for that matter, any of our previously broadcast shows are there available for you to listen. And we always appreciate your comments and feedback. You can email us at info at DaveFox.com. And, uh, again, we just love hearing from our listeners. So today I've got Mark back with me, Mark Aubrey from Let Greenscapes. So, Mark, good to have you here. It's great to be here, Gary. Thank you. All right. So, Mark, I always like having you on the show because I can ask you all my personal landscape issues. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you can help me through that. And today we have another special guest. Jamie is here with us. Good morning, Gary. So I told Jamie she, too, can ask Mark about her her house and all her landscaping questions. So, Jamie, I'm looking forward to some really good questions out of you. Yeah, I need lots of them. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, So, let's see. Jamie, you had a lot to do with uh, our home and garden show and everything that people are seeing out there even though you were gone most of this week yeah. as was i <laughs> so but we have a very capable team that i'm sure handled everything perfectly right yeah i haven't i haven't heard any uh major catastrophes so i think it all went well <laughs> fantastic okay so mark here we are in the winter and people aren't out there mowing their lawn or not yet at least doing much are they <laughs> So um, first tell us, uh, our listeners, Mark, uh, especially anybody that is not familiar with Greenscapes, a little bit about the company and where you guys are located and and what you do at the company. Great, Gary. Uh, Greenscapes has been in business in the Columbus area for almost 45 years now. Um, Our office is located just south of Bexley, but just like everybody in Columbus where our office is, you know, may not be where most of our work is. So we travel you know, to Dublin, um, you know, Worthington, Westerville, out to New Albany, which really isn't that far, and, you know, Upper Arlington. So, you know, we service the whole area. Um, It's easy to get around Columbus. Um, So uh, what we do is full-service landscapes outside. So where Dave Fox ends on the building process is is where we start. So we work with a lot of, uh, you know, masonry projects, you know, fireplaces, uh, pools, hardscapes, planting. So, um, you know, we, we take a beautiful addition or remodeling that Dave Fox has done for you, and we make it look a little prettier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a real challenge, though, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. It can be sometimes. Um, so, uh, you know, I focus on residential design. I've been doing it for too long now, but... Uh, I really enjoy it working with clients and seeing, you know, uh, ideas and projects come to life in a fairly fast period. Um, so it is uh, quite rewarding to meet somebody and come up with an idea just like, you know, you guys do with, you know, kitchens and, you know, bathrooms and, mm-hmm. you know, additions. So it's it's fun to, to work with people and see those creations come to life. Sure. A lot of times uh, 
like if we're doing a large uh, multi-room addition or something, uh, the landscape integration is really crucial. And, you know, we design together through that process. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Recently, I was out to a client's house that we did together years ago where, you know, you guys did an addition in a deck. And then, you know, we had to come up with sort of the step layout for the deck and then the steps for the rest of the landscape and some walls to integrate the whole project together. So it really works you know, seamlessly from the interior to the exterior, but it was a pretty complicated project to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many of our listeners, uh, well, if any of you have stopped by our showroom, you will have seen some really nice landscaping that Greenscapes did, at, and you guys have a lot of nice displays out there. Yes. Uh, the favorite thing that we have at your office is the water feature that usually runs all year long. Yeah. It's, it's creative and interesting, and um, it's very unique because we had some um, antique barn stones that we drilled out and created this this mm-hmm. uh, water feature, which is is pretty pretty neat. Yeah, and that thing stays going through any temperature range that right. I've ever seen. I mean, it always worries me. <laughs> it's like freezing <laughs> outside, and the water's still going. Ca- you know, kind of worries me too a little bit because I'm expecting for the call that it stopped working one day, and yeah. you know that pump in there just keeps running and running. Never gets turned off. It runs all year long, and it just just keeps working. So I'm yeah. Well, you yeah. know, two or three years ago, we had an extreme cold winter, and it mm-hmm. got down to seventeen below. And I was thinking that morning for sure it's going to be frozen over, but it wasn't. Yeah, it, it just keeps still going. Pumping water out. I know it's kind of nice <laughs> to see that little bit of life still outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. really. Dead of winter. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so Mark, what do we have to talk about in terms of winter landscaping? Well, the first thing, you know, it, winter's kind of dragging on. We've had warm days, we've had cold days, we've had snow, we've had rain, so it's been a, a wide array of, of things. But uh, the important thing to remember is spring is only about 40 days away. So, you know, it's it's not too much longer and, you know, the light is, is coming. Um, <laughs> I promise I'll do what I can. Yeah, um, we've all got the February, uh, you know, Dollsville feeling that you know, overcast skies every day and cold. And the what do you? Shortest month yet somehow feels like the longest. Month. I know. Yeah. What do you do in February? And unless you go to Arizona or Florida, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Hawaii wasn't bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, right now shows you that you know half our season is basically winter time. So. You can't have a good landscape design that doesn't, you know, recognize that we have a a down season, too. So that's where, you know, we try to focus on stonework and evergreens and ornamental grasses and plants with berries and bark color and textures to give you some interest all year long. You know, people love seeing in the middle of summer that garden that's just full of flower, and that's wonderful. But on the flip side... It's, you know, the middle of February, and what does your landscape look like now? Is it just just sticks and twigs that are popping up? So, you know, that's one thing we like to work on is a four-season design. That's really a great point, Mark. I've, I've never really, I guess, thought about it in those terms because I always imagine landscaping being a spring, summer, fall thing mm-hmm. and not winter at all. But that's very true now that you mentioned it, you know, the hardscapes and what you do. Uh, you're looking out your windows all winter, and it's nice to look at something that looks suitable in that climate. Exactly. I mean, you could be something as simple as uh, I like to incorporate, you know, stones and boulders in in a good design. You know, as long as it fits what you'd like to do with your, you know, the what you have going on with your house. But you know, if you put a big boulder out there, you know, it's kind of a static element. But you know, depending on what's going on around it, you notice it, you don't notice it. Plants in front of it. Um, 
get shown off by, you know, the, that that static element. So, you know, you don't think of a rock as a real landscape item, but it certainly can be. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I remember a job you guys did with us a few years ago, and Curtis was mm-hmm. was uh, overseeing it all. And it, it was uh, kind of complicated how it fit up against the house, and there was a lot of grade difference. So there was a grade going down to the backyard, and there was a walkway through there and corners. And I remember Curtis saying, I've got a rock that's perfect for that corner. And sure enough, he comes back a few days later and sets this big giant rock right in there, and it looked great. And it it really struck me because I never thought of rocks, you know, (laughs) being Mm -hmm. so much of a decorative item or Mm -hmm. that there's a unique shaped rock that's going to fit in a certain spot. Oh, yeah. A lot of times our foremen are really good at their ability, and, you know, we'll do these big projects with, you know, tons and tons of wall stone, and I don't really say much because they're going to create. I'm confident in their abilities to create something beautiful, and you know, they they lay all these rocks out, and you'll see all these rocks in your backyard, and they'll be like, "Okay, I want this one, and then I want that one back there," and it's a jigsaw puzzle with things that weigh 300 pounds. That's some of their artistry coming to pass. It is, yeah. Interesting. So um, we're talking about winter landscaping, and we've got Mark from Greenscapes here and Jamie from our own office. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a quick break. After we get back, we're going to talk about some winter design elements. So we'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, and really happy to be with you all this morning on February 24th. Remember, it's the last day for the Home and Garden Show. So if you haven't made it out there, you still have a chance today to go out and see all the stuff going on out there. Uh, today I have Mark Aubrey with me from Greenscapes, and I've got Jamie with me from our own office, and uh, we are talking about landscaping, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. Imagine yes. that. Imagine that. <laughs> so we're talking about winter landscapes in particular. So uh, what about winter design elements? I know we just kind of touched on that a little bit last well, segment, but let's right. get into that. Right. We bit. started with, you know, rocks and stonework yeah. and how, you know, you don't realize how a you know, an element like that can provide interest all year long. But when we get into planting, um, you know, you do need some evergreens, especially in the front yard, that you know, give you that interest of green during all year long. So we use a lot of boxwood. We use a lot of hollies. Uh, we use a lot of um, taxis, which, you know, we can find some people have had those plants in the past and don't really like one or the other. But, you know, it's a pretty good group of things that give you that color green all year long, especially like we said before, when there's not much going on. There's a lot of brown right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember you mentioning uh, one of the other times you were on the show, Mark, about mulch and how mm-hmm. important that is in the winter time. It is. Um, you know, we it's pretty industry standard that you always need to have about two inches of mulch on your landscape beds. And that's in the summertime and in the fall and in the springtime when it's dry um, to maintain moisture in the in the soil so the plants have plenty of water. And then in the wintertime, it's important to insulate the roots. If you don't have any, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when it was really cold and, you know, if you remember there wasn't any snow on the ground, at least for a little while, that's really dangerous for most plants here when you have those extremely cold temperatures, no snow on the ground because that's where the root system can actually freeze out and the plant can die. Mm. So that's where your mulch is very important to keep it about two inches. Um, you know, if you go over that, three, um, getting kind of high, but if you're at four inches or more than that, that is detrimental to your plant. So too much mm. mulch can be damaging too because 
the root system is like your lungs. And if you, you put too much mulch on top, then you, they can't get oxygen and they can't do their natural plant processes. So two inches is kind of the magic number yep. there. Yep, yep, it is. Good. Well, I'll keep that in mind uh, this summer or this spring when I'm putting mulch down. And if you're not doing anything, you can come over and help. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Count me in. You'd probably love to do that, right? Well, I'm yeah. in on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I thought you were coming to my house. You oh, said no. you went in on this. So, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, Jamie, how about you? Do you have any landscape questions for Mark? Well, I do have one, Mark. Let's just say, hypothetically, <laughs> you didn't cut anything down in the fall and do all that stuff you're supposed Not to Not that do. that happened at your house. No, no, you're right. no. This is all hypothetical. Yeah. Let's just say you have more of a black thumb <laughs> and are not good at that sort of thing. Can you still cut things down when spring comes? Or uh, at what point can you, it's too late? Yeah, I mean, for most perennials, they're dormant. So you can cut them down any time of year. I mean, in the fall, in the winter, on a nice day where you can get outside in the springtime, anytime you can do that with perennials, and it's not going to bother them. For ornamental grasses, we recommend to leave them up in the wintertime because they give you a little texture. Back to our winter landscape, you know, what do you do to create interest? You know, the the brown of a ornamental grass and the how tall they are, and they kind of blow in the wind and give you some other characteristics. They look good in the wintertime, and they should really be up for the look, but also keeping them up helps to insulate the root system. And some of the grasses we use here are kind of a little bit marginal for where we live. So if we have some extreme conditions, you could, we could have some of them die. So we always recommend to keep the grasses up. And as far as pruning your plants, you should probably avoid any more delicate plants to prune when it's too cold in the wintertime. Um, you know, roses you shouldn't really prune and anything with a smaller twig. But if you had something big like a burning bush or a viburnum, you could do some pruning on that. So let's just, again, hypothetical here, <laughs> knock out roses if you didn't cut those back and you do it in the spring? Yeah, you need to wait till the springtime. Spring. Okay. And until it's warmer, usually about, usually the rule of thumb for pruning is Mother's Day because that's usually about the last frost we have is sometimes around Mother's Day. That's when you should really start, you know, your more of your pruning of those types of plants. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay I, a question kind of came in my head, Mark, about the outdoor landscaping mm-hmm. and also winter effects. But do you use ironwork much outside? Uh, we have. Yeah. Um, it's a very client-specific thing where you know the client wants something unique and interesting. And there's we've commissioned um, a few local artists to create something for an outside space where the client, you know, they don't they want something you know there. Um, you know, we could do like a weeping Japanese maple if you want to plant or some other sort of artistic plant or it could be a fountain or something like that. But some people want that, uh, you know, that sort of that art feature that mm-hmm. nobody else has. I mean, you can always – plants are unique upon themselves, but if you have someone build you a, a piece, you know, it's mm-hmm. truly unique. And so mm-hmm. there's some people in town that we worked with in the past who have come, met with a client, sort of did their artistic, you know – investigation and then they create something unique and extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would work summertime or wintertime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the same thing, you know, even though same thing as the stonework, it's a static piece. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you do something with some sort of metal that rusts or oxidizes, uh, you know, copper turns green, then it still has some change through the seasons. Sure. Yeah. So lighting too is, I'm sure is very important in the winter. It is, um, you know, 
landscape lighting is a is a very nice addition to your landscape and with the LED systems that we use now it makes it a lot easier and the lighting systems just work so much better with the LED systems uh, light bulbs um, you know you put some lights on the house and some path lights coming out to your sidewalk and your driveway and then some up lights on the the, the interesting landscape plants you know it really creates an something that looks good in the wintertime, especially when we have not as much now because our days are getting longer, but, you know, around Christmas time when the days are really short, it's it's kind of disheartening when you leave for work and it's dark and you get home from work and it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's nice to, to see that, that interest. Yeah. And when there's snow on the ground, it's amazing how much that reflects light, isn't it? It, it is. It is. Um, it does look good, especially when you get a little snow. And the way that I like to design those lighting systems is a little bit... Um, light, I would say, on how many fixtures you use, because I really like to use, you know, the light in the dark areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little overwhelming when you, you know, create a lighting system and it just looks like a landing strip where it's so bright. Um, you know, you sort of lose that interest in the shadow you're trying to create. Um, so it is nice mm-hmm. to have those dark spots too. Sure. Yeah. To add contrast. Yeah, Go ahead. Actually, one of my um, favorite projects that we collaborated collaborated on with Greenscapes is um, pictured at our trade show booth. So if you head down to the Home and Garden Show today, make sure you look for it. It's an exterior project. And um, we did a couple additions on the front, but then in, in tangent with Greenscapes made a whole, the exterior looks completely different. I just think it's one of the coolest before and after pictures. So it's blown up real big on our oh, good. The lighting and the fountain and stuff and just the change. Between, mm-hmm. And it's just the exterior. I mean, it's amazing the difference it can make. It is. Um, you know, we were talking about design and the basis of a good landscape design is you're supposed to have your foundation plants and trees but there's some other plants that just like wallpaper or paint colors that you should think about switching out every so often that you know the plants start to get worn out and tired and you're used to the color so you know, you should have a good foundation planting but there are some plants that you should you know every doesn't have to be every year but every you know four or five years, think about, you know, switching some of the plants out to to keep the interest up. Sure. Yeah, so we've got lighting, plants, rocks, ironwork. What else? Well, we go back to plants, you know, how to create that that interesting look. You know, there's always um, bark color, you know, with like a paper bark maple where you have that exfoliating cinnamon bark. And, and um, you know, there's there's quite a few others that we can talk about, too. Yeah. So um, I know there's a lot of uh, maintenance, too, that mm-hmm. homeowners may be wondering about in the winter and what they should do and how they should take care of their landscaping. So um, that can be a question for many people. And we're going to take a quick break. And after that break, we're going to get into that. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. Really glad to have everyone listening in this morning. And remember, this is the last day for the Home and Garden Show. So if you haven't made it out there, you can go out and say hi to all the Dave Fox people at our booth out there. They'd love to hear from you. It's amazing how many times people will go by the booth and say, hey, we listened to your radio show. And so we just love hearing that. Uh, So today I'm talking with Mark Aubrey from Greenscapes and Jamie's here with us, too. So, Mark, we're talking about winter and Mm -hmm. outside. So... Uh, if anybody's just tuning in, in the last segment, we talked about a lot of the uh, winter landscape and how really when you're designing landscape projects, Mark, and this is something I never thought of, you're designing for summer, spring, fall, and winter right. so that there's stuff out there to look at when there's snow on the ground and you're inside looking out. Exactly. You see the front of your house almost every day. Yep. 
And if you have some really cool lighting out there, that sure helps, or a really mm-hmm. neat rock or two, or who knows what. Uh, it really makes uh, landscaping fun, even in the wintertime. Right. So that's great. So how about maintaining landscaping? I don't know. Well, let me ask you this first. What do you guys do in the winter? I know you're, you're shoveling or plowing snow, and what else are you guys doing? Well, you know, we still do, depending on the weather conditions, we do planting. Uh, you can plant bigger things. We do a lot of tree plantings. Um evergreens and big shade trees. Um, bigger shrubs will do just fine in the wintertime when you plant. And so we do some stone work too. Um, you know, sometimes we do some patios and some other, we're working on a project right now with you guys where you're building a second story deck and it's all tented. So we're yeah. working on the patio below. Um, but there's still some things we can do when they're not plowing snow. And, uh, you know, we work on um, our staff members take some classes so they can you know get sharpened up on things we do and yeah you know, i wondered lot... if they went and hibernated in the winter <laughs> no no the the crews are still very busy yeah, a lot of organization and and you know preparing for the year and in the design office we're still working every day um whether it's snowy cold or hot outside we're still you know working on plans and you know helping clients decide what to do because you know if if you're expecting a spring project, we're already probably a little late. Um, you know, we're probably already in the summer to actually see it being built. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing for people to know that may be thinking about landscaping mm-hmm. this summer. So they better jump on the gun really quick here. Yes. Especially what we found is, um, you know, with um, pool projects, all, all the local pool contractors are very booked out. So, you know, you could if you're expecting to swim in your pool this year, you should probably call immediately because... There's not a lot of room left on the for the pool. So are for the pools pool guys. like at an unusually high demand right they, now? I have never seen pools so popular as they are right now. Huh. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about maintenance of uh, landscapes during the winter. So Jamie asked some questions about what we could do, and yeah. you know you can always prune your um, perennials back. Um, there's you can do that work. Uh, you can do some pruning on some bigger plants. Um, as far as the real maintenance thing is, you know, like we talked about before, maintaining your mulch depth, make sure that's about two inches. And, you know, the biggest thing is your tree pruning right now and removal. Unlike during the growing season, when trees have the leaves on them, now you can see the real structure of the tree on the inside. So, you know, there's a lot of tree pruning you can do, which is really helpful. And, um, you know, the tree is the biggest, usually landscape thing on your property. So, and it can also cause the most damage if something wrong goes mm-hmm. with it. So we always push that because it's a good time to do it. You can see the structure. And, you know, if you want to keep your trees at your house for a long time, a little bit of maintenance every so often will really help to extend the life of them. Yeah, and they can even get close to the house. And, and you know, I know last year we had a company come in and just prune them back because they were right up against the house. And mm-hmm. you just got they created about an eight-foot, you know, distance between the trees and the home so it's not brushing on the roof and so raccoons can't climb up the tree and get on your roof and all kinds of things right and you know keeping the trees off your house helps with the the um the life of your house because it keeps a lot of air moving around it and it keeps more sun on the house so you see a lot of times where you have moss growth you know on the roof or on you know the side of the house so it keeps it helps to keep all those things down and and keep some of the leaves out of the gutter which can all those things can cause a lot more problems quickly. Yeah. Um, 
that I can't help you with. They'd have to call you guys to help you help with that. <laughs> so it seems in my mind that deciduous trees would need a lot more maintenance than evergreens. Is that true or not? Yeah, evergreens, you need very little care. Um, you know, they don't really need any pruning. Um, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little fertilizer at the right time of year, um, but you know evergreens don't need a lot of care, which makes them you know very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's, uh, you mentioned when the leaves are down, you can really see the bare tree. Mm-hmm. Just like when your dog's wet, you can see how big it really is. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but if uh, if there are like dead limbs mm-hmm. in trees. Uh, how important is it to get that stuff? Does that affect the health of the tree at all? It can. Uh, most trees naturally, you know, if a, if a limb dies, it'll go through its natural growth and shed it. But, you know, if a, if a limb dies, you know, sometimes, you know, it can break, it can fall. Um, and then that's a place where disease can enter the tree. You know, if it can't shed that limb and heal, you know, and if it's just kind of hanging there and it can, you know, like I said, it never heals right, mm-hmm. then that is a good place for rot and disease, which is the a big problem when you're looking at a mature tree. Yeah. Now, a big part of maintenance in the wintertime is just snow removal. Mm-hmm. So you got any tips on that? Yes. Uh, okay. the, the best tip is to get out and shovel your walks and drives and let the sun do the work for you, you know, once you get them cleaned off. Um, be very mindful of, you know, applying any chemical because... Most hardscape items, concrete, pavers, natural stone, they don't like the salt on them. And it's not as much as the salt. It's any type of chemical is designed to um, melt ice at a lower temperature. You know, so, you know, it's designed to go to 10 degrees. And what happens is, you know, the salt or the icing chemical, you know, creates water in those the water gets in the fine cracks of the stone or paver or whatever, and then, you know, eventually the chemical wears off. It's still cold out, and that water that's down in the stone will start to crack it. Um, so it's not as much the chemical, it's what it does that really causes the problem. And mm-hmm. then if you overuse it, you have runoff, which can kill your grass, it can kill your plants, and, you know, it goes into our water system and, you know, raises the salt content of our streams and rivers. Okay, so I have a question for you. My drive uh, is real steep. It's mm-hmm. concrete. So uh, there's, it's a steep grade from the cul-de-sac up to the garage door. Mm-hmm. So in the winter, even if I shovel, it can still be really slippery. Mm-hmm. So if I had to put something on there to melt ice, what would be the best thing to put um, Magnesium. Anything with magnesium is usually good. Um, it's usually a little less toxic to the concrete. But the big key is if you need to treat your concrete in the wintertime is to make sure that your concrete is sealed. Oh. Um, because then the sealer fills in most of those cracks. Okay. You know, in they're they're you know, microscopic cracks that you can't see. So mm-hmm. if you do have a you know, you're not the only one yeah. <laughs> who has that problem. Okay. So you you should really keep your driveway the concrete sealed, which most people don't do yeah. it. But um, that'll Actually, help. That to... never even occurred to me, Mark. I mean, <laughs> I know you when you pour concrete, you seal it so mm-hmm. it dries slower. But it never occurred to me to seal it now. Right. Yeah. I mean, most sealers, depending on how you use your pavement, you know, they last about four to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they should be sealed, especially yours, where 
you you have to apply a chemical. It's just it's, yeah. you have to because well, of the safety concern. That's on my list for this spring. <clears throat> so you can come and help me with Jamie that. Jamie can come and help to. seal the concrete. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I suppose you would power wash first and then put sealer down. It depends on how dirty it is, yeah. but yeah, usually you need to clean it real well and then you know keep up with the sealer. And you should always use the same type of sealer. And you know, you can just like anything else, you can put too much sealer on spots, and then that you know all the sealer starts to peel off. So it, you just can't keep um, you just can't keep putting the sealer on every year. You have to know how you know what the product that's why is i need to... you there to help me mark yeah. that is why i need you <laughs> yeah. okay so um again we're talking with mark from uh, greenscapes and we are going to take a quick break after the break i want to talk mark about some hardscape trends that'll be interesting we'll be right back you are listening to the dave fox home remodeling show and i'm gary demas really happy to be with you this morning on this february 24th and we're talking landscaping, and I have Mark here with me from Greenscapes, and Jamie's here with us too. Jamie, thanks for being our special guest today. My pleasure. Okay. <laughs> a lot to the table here. <laughs> you are, yes. So if you want to bring more, you can go ahead right now and bring more if you okay, want to. We'll see what, we'll see what Mark says. Oh, we're going to see what Mark <laughs> says. Okay. Well, Mark's probably not going to let you talk, so you know this is your chance. <laughs> okay, so... Um, we want to talk about hardscape trends, and you know it's funny. I had something on my mind I want to talk about, but maybe it'll come to me here in a minute. So, Mark, let's talk about uh, trends in hardscapes because obviously that's always something that's fascinating for everyone to hear about. Right. Um, you know, if you've gone to the Home and Garden Show, you've probably seen some people using uh, large format porcelain tiles, which have been developed to go outside. Um, they look really interesting with the texture of them. Um, very modern look and that sort of you know the first trend that we're starting to see is the popularity of those those tiles which you get some color differences from natural stone and pavers and the size difference you get and you know anybody who's had tile inside their house knows how good it looks with a little bit of care long term and they've created you know outside tile to do the same thing so you don't have you know, fading or, you know, where the material kind of doesn't look as good over a long term. It's, it's, it's designed very well for outside. Mm -hmm. And if I remember right, these are thick, like three quarters of an inch. Thick yeah. Tile. Yeah. They're thick. And I believe you told me they can lay right on the ground. Yes. So, um, you know, we, we have done them just like, uh, we do a paver patio, the same yeah. texture or the same process. So sand be, base underneath. Sa sand base or gravel base with a little bit of s setting um, sand, and mm -hmm. then you just put them in place. Mm -hmm. um, you can also put them on concrete, which is a great way to use them too. But yeah, they've developed them to be used in the, the regular gravel application, which makes it a much um, less expensive than having to put it on concrete. Okay, now... And those are like two by two, two feet by two yeah, feet? Yeah, they're developing more sizes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're, most of them are 24 by 24s. So how do you cut those things? Well, we try to keep everything with a straight line cut. Um, yeah. Because they're so big and um, they take some tricks to cut them, some patience. So to, to cut them on a curve is very, very difficult. So we try to keep everything to a square pattern with some simple cuts to them. Yeah. Do you have a big masonry saw that cuts them straight? Yeah, yeah, we have a big saw that we use to 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 cut them. Because that's three quarter inch thick porcelain tile. As hard as that is, well, that's got to be a chore. It does. It, it's slow. You have yeah. to cut very slow. So yeah. we've learned that, you know, from the over the last couple of years putting them in. You know, you learn a good technique, and 
the best technique is patience when you cut it. You can't just score it and break it. Huh? No, no, it's not that <laughs> simple. We tried that. You know, I think the first time we used it, I think we we used our two saws and we rented two more, and then we finally kind of got it that you know, it's the the saw is very important, but the biggest the biggest thing is just patience while yeah. you cut. It's slow. Yeah. Okay, so that's one of the trends, and actually porcelain tiles, just it's amazing what they're doing with those today in a lot of different applications. Yeah, you have the wood look and stone look and the color, so it, there's a wide array of things you can do. Mm-hmm. So what else is new in Horizon on hardscape materials? Um, you know, to go along with the porcelain tile, we see a lot of concrete pavers with the same thing where they're trying to make them bigger. You know, For a long time, people or our suppliers – and that had a lot to do with the manufacturing process. The pavers were small, you know, five by five, five by eight, you know, small pavers. So you need a lot of them to create your patio. You know, now we're getting, you know, 24 by 24 concrete pavers and then on down. So you still get a good look um, and, you know, creates that pattern, but, you know, with bigger pieces, which, you know, if you have a big patio, when you do those small pieces, it looks really busy and messy. When you do a bigger patio with those bigger pieces, it just looks a lot cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing a very good job with color um, and texture on top, you know, just a slight texture. And now they're doing smooth finish pavers on the big sizes, which depending on the design of your house and your style, you can find a concrete paver or tile or even natural stone to fit whatever you'd like to do. Yeah. So can that stuff be installed or applied in the wintertime? Uh, we try not to. Yeah. Um, we like to end our paving usually around Thanksgiving and then start it usually again, depending on the weather, sometime in March. Cause we're very um, quality oriented on our material and we just, I don't feel comfortable um, putting a big patio installation in in the wintertime because, you know, the men are cold, the gravel can be frozen and it just, um, it just doesn't have the detail that we like to have on our projects. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've got an area in my house. It's on the side, uh, and there's an old tetherball pole there, <laughs> but it's just basically dirt. You know, I've got my six grandchildren running all through the house and around the house and outside the house, <laughs> and <clears throat> my wife wants me to create some kind of a a hardscape there, pavement mm-hmm. or uh, patio stone or something. So. It's an area that doesn't get any sunlight, mm-hmm. so it won't grow grass. It's just basically dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, I guess, an area maybe 12 feet wide uh, between the house and the trees. So, And there's some real shallow roots, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just filtering through across the top of the dirt. So if I were to put down some kind of a patio there... Um, what would be a good cost-effective material to use, and what would I have to put underneath it? How would I prepare that surface? Well, you know, with the root system and not wanting to damage the plants, and, you know, we want to come up with something simple. And if we do a normal patio, we need to dig out about a foot of soil so we can build up our base. So that's really going to damage the roots. So oh. the simpler solution would be just to, you know, level the surface as best you can and lower it as far as you can without really damaging the roots too much and put a a layer of fine crushed gravel down. And then we would just use some larger flagstone pieces, you know, just some irregular natural stone and just sort of set them in place because that's probably going to be the best solution and keeping, you know, without damaging the existing trees and give you, you know, a fairly usable space 
we're still getting good water getting to those roots mm-hmm. and without damaging the trees too much. Mm-hmm. So flagstone, how thick is that? It's about an inch and a half or two inches thick. Okay. And then do you, it's irregularly shaped, right? Mm-hmm. You just kind of place it and yeah, fit it just, as best it, you can. It's like a you know you get one piece off, and just like the stone we talked with before, you take one piece off and you put it here, and then you find another piece, and it just kind of works like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me know uh, this summer when you have some spare time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to to stop over one. and do that <laughs> yeah. in an hour or two. Um, Sounds yeah. Like you should be scheduling maybe a weekly visit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, which reminds me, this is kind of off the wall, and I haven't even asked my wife about this yet, but Uh I was thinking, (laughs) a lot of our radio listeners have heard me talk about my house, and I remodeled my kitchen, a couple bathrooms, and some flooring, and I've kind of talked through that, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard me talking about that, and I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun to take a Saturday afternoon or something and just have an open house and invite any of our radio listeners. Is, Jamie's looking at me like my wife's going to kill me. So I guess I'm just throwing this out there in case any of you listeners are curious about my house, my household, my six grandchildren that live with me, my daughter who plays the harp, all that kind of stuff. If you would be interested in coming some Saturday afternoon and doing that, I'm not going to do it unless there's interest. So you can email the office, info at davefox.com. So if enough of you say, yeah, I would do that, then I'll consider, I'll go to my wife and and Jamie will help me ask her, right? Um, <laughs> okay. Enough, yes, yeah. All right. So, Mark, thanks so much for being on today. Thank Talking you. about uh, landscaping, that's always fun. And we really appreciate our relationship with you folks, uh, Greenscapes. And like you say, we've used you folks on a lot of projects. Uh, so remember, this is the last day for the Home and Garden Show today. And if you ever want to reach us, you can always email at info at davefox.com. Or you can come by and visit our showroom at 3505 West Dublin Granville Road. Here in Columbus, you can always go to davefox.com on our website and see all that we do. So we'll be back next Sunday morning at 8.